Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor. Our Palm Sunday service will be led by our Minister Katrina. Clearly, it takes a different shape today, but as always, we will be guided through by what's on the screen and by what's on our printed order of service. Please stay and have some tea or coffee at the end of the service. And could managers please note there will be a very short managers meeting in the Kelvin suite after this service. Then at 7pm, the joint service for Palm Sunday evening will be held in Wellington Church. And just a reminder to the choir that there will be a rehearsal for this service at 6pm in Wellington Church. Thank you, Anne. So here we are at the beginning of Holy Week. On Friday, um, at Friday Friendship, we had a making palm crosses. And um, one of the people there, I'm not going to ask you to do it, but one of the people who was there... Actually, um, I, I made the mistake of saying this is how they make them in the factory, and they said, where's the factory? And I said, I don't know, I'll have to do some research. So I did do some research, and I discovered that most of the palm crosses we had... We have come from Tanzania, and they are made in people's homes or in sheds in their villages by people who live there. Takes between 30 seconds and a minute to make a palm cross. I know because I've practiced a few times and I timed myself. And it takes about, uh, they, they cost each about 15 pence to buy in this country. So I suspect just a few pennies go to the people who make the palm crosses. But the palm crosses are for us to take home and to remind us of the journey we take through Holy Week this morning. As Anna's already said, it's a little bit different than usual, although not so unusual by our Palm Sunday standards. There will be op options and opportunities during the service to join in, to move around, to do things, or not. Whatever feels more comfortable for you is totally fine. Just uh, feel free to, to engage in the way that helps for you. And from now on, the service will continue with no further announcement, and we will end, please, in total silence. Thank you.
We come to God in prayer and we will join together in the Lord's Prayer at the end of the guided prayer. <coughs> Accompanying God, as we near the end of our Lent journey for this year, we gather in the name of Jesus to remind ourselves of how the story unfolds from triumph to tragedy. For most of us, this is a story we know well. The ending is familiar, and it can be really difficult to engage with it in a way that impacts on our life and our faith. This morning, our prayer is simply this, that as we reenact parts of the story and reflect quietly on others, your Holy Spirit will enable each of us to discover something new, to challenge us or to encourage us as we continue to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. From happy chaos to heart-rending stillness, lead us on. From Palm Sunday to Gethsemane, be our guide. In action, in song, in stillness, in prayer. Draw us more fully into the story in which we discover who we really are. And with all of that in mind, hear our prayer as we join our voices together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
over the last few weeks, we have seen and heard a lot of political things on our televisions and radios and in the news. And one of the things that happened and attracted, reckoned to be a million people, was the People's March. Now, I'm not going to get into the politics of it and where we might or might not stand on it, but the idea of a People's March with Jesus struck me as I reflected on it. What might have happened if the People's March movement had existed at the time that Jesus went into Jerusalem? People might have made posters um, to take with them. And so we have one here that says, Jesus the King. And then it's got hashtag People's March with Jesus, because if Twitter had existed, they might have done that. Um, some people might have been more keen to express their own opinions. Romans, go home. And that was from the People's Liberation Front of Jerusalem. I actually misremembered the film, so it should be the, the People's Front of Judea or the Judea People's Front. Okay, somebody at that end gets a reference. Phew. Somebody actually quoted that in my uh, ordination service. Or you might have put um, a hashtag Hosanna or hashtag God saves. So when you came in, you will have found lying around on the chairs that you all studiously avoided, very clever, some sheets of paper and some felt tips. And I invite you in twos or threes, if you would like to, just for a couple of minutes to create a banner that you might want to wave as Jesus comes marching through Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem where Jesus is going to ride in. So what might you write on your banner? Um, feel free to draw, to write. Um, if you can't find a piece of paper and you'd love to get one, there's a few that people have studiously moved, so that's fine. But just a couple of minutes to design your banners. What might you put on them? Okay, so just hold on to them for now. If you write them, just hold on to them. Um, and we'll just uh, keep going with those. I think we're just about beginning to get there. What do we want? Jesus King. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Jesus for King. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Jesus for King. When do we want it? Now. Blessed is he who comes in the name, who, who comes, comes in the name, name of the Lord. Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name, who, who comes, comes in, in the, the name, name of, of the Lord. Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, praise him, come praise him. Hosanna, Hosanna, lift up your voices and sing. Hosanna, Hosanna, come praise him. Come praise him. Hosanna, Hosanna. Lift up your voices and sing.
look in Luke's gospel, Luke's account of the Holy Week story, there are a lot of events that involve money. And this morning we're going to reflect briefly on three of them. When you came in this morning, um, there was a coin on your chair. Some of them are quite small, so it's possible you sat on it without even noticing it was there. But if you could take that coin now and just hold it in your hand, that would be wonderful because we're going to reflect on three of the stories. Um, If you don't seem to have one on your chair, you can always go and find a chair that's still got one on. If somebody snaffled it, you can find another. There's certainly a couple up here. Does everybody have a coin that would like one? And I'd like to invite you to look at that coin. The coin is part of our everyday life. And for many people, it's really important. Although it has to be said that um, credit cards, tap and go, what call it, contactless cards, and even smartphones are taking over. I actually saw somebody in a coffee shop paying for one cup of coffee with a phone. Tiny transactions now being done electronically. But the coins I've brought this morning are all from the country that we live in. For us, it's completely normal. But if you go to another country, you have to change your coins. Well, another country outside of the British Isles, anyway. You have to change your coins. (coughs) Usually it's notes that we change, but sometimes it's coins. And very often, if we change our money, we have to pay a charge to the bank who changes the money for us. So just for a minute, imagine that church was like another country. And when you came in that door there, you had to change your money from this to church money. And when you changed it on the way in, you had to pay to do so. And if you wanted to change it back on the way out because you had some left over you'd have to pay to change it back. Because that's the way it was in the temple when Jesus lived. When you walked in, you had to change the money. You could buy the things you needed, the doves or or the, the oil or whatever it was you needed. And then on the way back, you had to change your money because you couldn't take the temple money out. And all this took place in the edge of the temple where the foreigners could go. So let's imagine we did that in church and said, if you're not Scottish, you can go this far and no further. So that would mean me, because I'm not Scottish. It would mean Joyce. It would mean Jeff. It would mean Essan and Ali and the boys. It would mean Graham. I think it kind of almost just about means Elaine. It would mean Rachel. So a lot of us would get this far and no further to where the money was changed. And that's as far as you could go to pray and worship God. And it will be full of stalls. There's sheep over here, there's pigeons over here, and there's money changers over here. And Jesus came into the temple, and he saw this going on, and he was so angry. He said, my house is meant to be a place for prayer for everybody. And what have you done? You've turned it into a den of robbers. Jesus could walk in here this morning, what might he say to us?
have a look at your coin again on both sides and you'll find it's got different images on the front and on the back. There's lots of writing as well and if you've got really good eyesight you might be able to read it. One day when Jesus was out and about, people tried to trick him and they said, is it lawful for us to pay the tax that the Romans ask for? And he said, show me one of your everyday coins. Whose picture's on it? They went, hmm, Caesar. And Jesus said to them, well, you should pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and you should pay to God what belongs to God. I wonder how we feel about our taxes, the income tax, the VAT, the other taxes that we might, the taxes we might pay on our savings or our pensions or insurance or whatever it is. How do we feel about that? How do we feel that there are big companies who don't pay taxes or don't pay the proper amount? I wonder how many of us who pay income tax use gift aid on our charitable giving to take back from Caesar, with Caesar's agreement, some of the taxes for other purposes. Now here's a question to ponder. Should churches take Caesar's money, the gift aid money, or should we be totally separate as church and state? If we ask Jesus any of these questions, what might he say to us? One last thought, one third story. Jesus was back in the edge of the temple. And on the way in, there were boxes where you could put your offerings, your dues to the temple. And Noticed a little widow, well, we think she was little, she might have been big, noticed a widow go over and drop in two tiny coins into the offering. The smallest coin we have is a one pence, and some of you have got one pences. Some of you have got two, some have got fives, some have got tens, some have got twenties. I don't think we got as far as the fifties, but none of them are very valuable. What could you buy with that coin that you've got if you went out to the shops? What could you do with it? Jesus said the woman puts into the temple all that she had to live on. She had nothing left, whereas everybody else was giving out of their wealth. When we choose how much we put in the offering at church, how do we decide what to give? What do we think is right? What do we think is too much? What do we think is too little? If Jesus could watch us making our offerings this morning or any week, whether it's the loose change that we put in the, in the offering bags or the envelopes we put in the offering bags, or whether it's done by bank transfer and nobody sees it, I wonder what he would say to us.
some iconic buildings in Glasgow. I wonder, is there a building anywhere in the world that you think is absolutely beautiful? If you can, then I want you to imagine for a moment that that's where you are. And as you look around and take in the beauty of this place, what is it you see? What is it you hear? Or smell? Or feel? That is so absolutely wonderful. And just for a moment, savour that. Enjoy it. Feel the awe and the wonder. And then a voice speaks. See this? It'll soon all be gone. Every single stone will be torn down and not one bit of it will be left. How does that feel? What would you want to say? Jesus and his friends were walking through Jerusalem and they were admiring the temple so nearly finished after all these long, long years. And they looked up and said, isn't it beautiful? Aren't these buildings lovely? <coughs> History tells us that within a few decades and probably within their own lifetime. Jerusalem would be held siege and that beautiful new temple would be torn down completely. Only the odd wall would remain of Jerusalem. And we are told that Jesus spoke about persecution and imprisonment about terrible events on a global scale by which we would understand the Roman Empire. And day by day, he goes into this beautiful temple and out again. Into it and out again. And for one of his friends, a point comes when it all changes. Whether it was anger... Or disappointment, whether it was frustration or something else, we don't know. What we do know is that something inside a man called Judas snapped. And he made his way to the chief priests and the officials, and they had a conversation in which he agreed he would hand Jesus over to them. And they were pleased, so pleased that they gave him money. Some of the Gospels say 30 pieces of silver, a large amount of money. It is said that everybody has a price, that if offered enough money or other wealth, we could all be persuaded to betray those who are closest to us. Well, whether or not that's true, 
there will be times for any of us when disappointment or frustration or anger can spill over into harsh words or actions we later regret. When we hear again what Judas did, perhaps we are reminded that there but for the grace of God go any one of us. These are scary words to hear, difficult ideas, but they set the scene for what will come next. So let's follow Jesus and his friends through the city, up the stairs and into a room where, as we can see, everything is now ready. Here they all are gathered around the table. There is Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, James and John, the sons of thunder, Philip and Bartholomew. And here is Matthew, the tax collector, and Thomas, who asks a lot of questions. James, whose dad is called Alphaeus, and another Simon, who belonged to the group called the Zealots. There's a Judas, son of a man called James, and here too is Judas Iscariot, who has agreed to betray Jesus. During the meal, as was the custom, Jesus picked up some bread. He blessed it and he broke it. (coughs) But then he broke with tradition and he said some strange words, scary words. He said, see, (coughs) it represents my body, which is about to be given for you. Remember me when you eat it. (laughs) 
anointed, Jesus picked up a cup of wine. And he blessed it. Shared it. But again, he, he said some strange and troubling words to me. He said, see this cup? It represents a new covenant made in my blood, which will be poured out for all of you. Remember me when you drink it. Once the meal had finished, Judas slipped away to round up the authorities. Jesus and the other disciples made their way out of the city to a quiet garden where an olive press stood in one of the corners. Jesus wanted to be on his own to pray, so he asked the the disciples to keep watch with him.
torture with the people of Afghanistan and the work BMS are BMS are doing to save the lives of mothers and babies in remote villages. May those who do your work in various ways feel thy presence guiding them. There are marches all over the country today in respect of justice for refugees. Help all those who take part in the walks to be encouraged to continue working for justice. And if possible, help us as individuals to seek justice for those less fortunate than we. And in our church family, we give thee thanks for Douglas and Nancy Ralph, for Douglas's ministry over the years, for Nancy's faithful witness at HBC. And now, after a change in circumstances, we ask for thy blessing to be with them both. We also remember Jean Reed and for her being part of our church family. On this Palm Sunday and at the beginning of Holy Week, we ask thee to be with congregations here and all over the world and continually pray for peace, especially for many troubled lands. May the spirit of this holy occasion, the warmth of the season, and may the beauty of springtime make your heart bloom with joy and happiness. Have a blessed, joyous Pansom.
when he had finished praying, Jesus came back and found all of his 11 friends fast asleep. He woke them up and told them that they really ought to be praying too. Looking up, he saw his friend Judas walking towards him. Judas leaned in to kiss Jesus, which was a secret sign for him to be arrested. The soldiers came. They led Jesus away. And the frightened disciples fled. Thank you.